0: Welcome to Annie Bros. episode 155. Today, the cousins discuss KomoriCon 2022. Kenny regales us with stories from the weekend and succeeds at making Laven jealous for missing out. No need to stand in line for five hours because Annie Bros. starts now. Cool, because we don't have to. Uh, uh, we don't have do do sink it up? No, 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 we don't have to do that. It's just, you can if you want. Okay,
1: Make I did, you it. Uh, you did it. We're sunk.
0: I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that in. Um, I want you to, <laughs> because it's a uh, one. It's totally unnecessary, but whatever. <laughs> cool. Well, welcome to Andy Bros. Um, once again the cousins here um let's uh dive straight in i guess with the correction corner uh because Uh i'd like to apologize for everyone who may have inadvertently heard the unedited version (laughs) of our podcast last uh week and or last time this was posted (laughs) uh but it should be fixed i guess i don't know how uh i don't know how it populates throughout the um the rss and like mirrors but the file has changed Mm -hmm. so i guess if you're if you have no idea what i'm talking about just ignore me but if you do know what i'm talking about um sorry it's gonna
1: be it's gonna be me and like a ghost i know exactly what you're talking about
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but Uh, nonetheless well i I did see the the metrics and there was like there was like 13 or something listen like downloads oh dang since like when i got to it so nice there's probably a couple of people that like heard the unedited version so sorry that's no fault. that's
1: totally fine and and i made sure when i tweeted out about it which i did already um not to suggest when this is being recorded but um i made sure that everyone knew that my spouse is totally fine <laughs>
0: yeah that part uh i let slip through which i'm annoyed about uh but then there's also like this giant gap of radio silence which i'm also <laughs> like didn't want there to be <sighs> this is what you get for what can you do man yeah there's only so well, many
1: things we can keep straight these
0: days Well yeah i mean i can use the, the easy excuse of i'm not getting paid for this so uh i send you so a check I, every month so i don't do my best hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't do my best work because I live in a capitalist society, so I've been uh, I've been conditioned to, to operate under those uh, conditions.
1: That's fair. Yeah. You you live up to the quality that is compensated for.
0: Yeah, you know. like Which is you, not true,
1: because you actually do a great job editing the episodes.
0: I appreciate that. I switched I to a new editing procedure and a new editing software, and that has also contributed to probably me just skipping over some part and not remembering to go back and check it. Whatever. This is all inside baseball stuff that you don't need to worry about <laughs> uh the point is we're here again for another episode of annie bros and uh you can go to our website at www.anniebrospodcast.com you can visit our friends at www.anniebroscreative.com you can find us on twitter maybe uh as of right <laughs> now you can so um yeah. that's gonna be at Living Both at twitter to find me Yep, and you can find me Kenny at Sakoku
1: underscore Otaku. Um, I am not leaving signposts as where to find me after if when Twitter collapses, because I honestly think it's it'd be more interesting for someone to have to like piece together non-existent clues as to where I went. Um, <laughs> I still, I not to like immediately make the show depressing, but there's this amazing um, blog called um, Pink Tentacle, which was like a like niche pop culture, uh, urban exploration blog um, about Japan. And it was active for like a little bit after the 311 earthquake, but then whoever was running it, something happened. They just no longer update it. And I go back, that's 12, 11 years at this point. I still go back to the website and look and be like, what happened where'd everybody (laughs) go and you can just find there's like comment threads of people that'll do the same thing they'll check in every few months being like hope you're okay where's everybody at and it's uh sad but that's what i want to leave behind i want i want to leave behind just like one or two people that check my defunct twitter that's like
0: where did he go yeah i mean if they do check that's great i have a feeling that nobody's gonna check or care the people who are we're streaming to now already listen to us via this podcast and those people will be able to find us. And any other <laughs> extra people don't exist. So it's fine. Sure. <laughs> uh yeah. Well so you had a big a big weekend not too long mm-hmm. ago. Um I didn't. I was just kinda chilling here in Japan, soaking it up. Oh, but oh, I heard, no. I heard, telling that there was a, there was a, a some kind of event, some kind of shindig, and or yeah, hoedown. No, oh, it's not really a hoedown. down. <laughs> a hootenanny. It was a hootenanny. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, this is our annual Portland premiere anime Japanese pop culture Kigurumi slumber party extravaganza review. Um, which this is past uh, week
0: astute listeners will find out. Um, hold on. When uh since so since we posted Don't our look up, no, <laughs> since we posted our last GamoriCon review, uh this is fresh in my mind because when I posted the last episode, um I saw, acutely saw, <laughs> when the last one was posted. And that would have been okay, so including the one that was just out. One, two, three, and the fourth episode ago, four episodes ago. <laughs> was uh Con twenty twenty one review. So that's great. We have uh, four episodes. Well technically we have three in the space between these two uh, reviews. So um <laughs> I'm glad that KamoriCon considers us considers us a non defunct press organization and and allows us to continue coming to the to the convention.
1: We're on their site. If you go to press coverage about if you go to the press section of KamoriCon they list our reviews. So someone's yeah. listening. Well, hey Kevin, I mean, hey hey Samantha, thanks for listening.
0: I hope they're listening. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> I kind of hope that maybe yeah. they, maybe I hope they don't, because like when I say disparaging things about the organization, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I I always I, had had the impression that they don't listen because I like my reviews were very honest, and I'm like, if they hear this, they might not approve our press cre- credentials ever again.
1: I have some thoughts on that that we'll get to, um, okay,
0: sure. But I yeah, so
1: uh, yeah. Um, half of Annie Bros resides in the uh, Portland metro area of Oregon. That's mm-hmm. the as uh, close as I'm going to define, so you guys can't come stalk us. Um, the other half lives in Japan, which honestly gives us more credibility. Uh, A little when bit, When I yeah. can be like, oh yes, I need to check in with our Japan office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you say it exactly like that? <laughs> all the time. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I definitely requested an interview this year, and I was like, it's totally okay if we need to provide this in Japanese. We have a resource. <laughs>
0: they're like wow, they're stepping up their game.
1: Yeah, um, so Portland, uh, every shifting time period. Uh, it used to be September. It's now drifted into November. Um, is the is Kamori Uh Portland's pre- like I say premiere? Slight as a joke because for a long time it was the only one but now it's not the only one in this area so um it honestly is the premier largest uh anime convention in oregon um Mm -hmm.
0: the og if you will
1: the og yeah this was its 20th year uh
0: i don't want to hear that so (laughs) i don't want to hear that that. i don't want to hear that
1: (laughs) Well, we've been going for 17 years. <laughs> oh, no. So. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I know. All right. Well, that's a wrap. I don't even know. Let's just send it now. Yeah. <laughs> Cut.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So this is 2022 was the 20th anniversary of KomoriCon. Um, it is held uh, in November now. Um, each November at the Oregon Convention Center um, across the river in, I mean, somewhere relative to my position uh at the oregon convention center
0: kenny everyone who's Uh, already doxed you would have doxed you by now has done i know i don't even hide
1: my real name like i'm
0: yeah and so i I don't think just as a quick
1: (laughs) as a quick flash forward um i had the the ce the coo of the company i work for uh in a meeting yesterday asked me about one of the guests on celebrity jeopardy um and i was like you are anchored to my ship we will both go down (laughs) 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 um so yeah i am not i don't really hide myself too well um but (laughs) i mean we say happens every year we're always there and we've honest we've been there more years than not um
0: that's true that's true um you know, if you do a quick cursory search of the word Kamorikon, you'll find out exactly what city it's in. So uh, I don't know why you're hiding it.
1: I'm not hiding it. I'm saying I started to say that I I started to give the location of the convention center relative to where I'm sitting right now, and so oh. that's why it's not myself.
0: Okay. Well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My address is. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, you and I have been going since, um. 22 minus 17 is 2005. Probably was our first, 2005 or that, 2006.
0: That was the very first one. That's the one that my
1: 2005.
0: My dad took us to.
1: Yeah, which I'm sure we've covered in other stories, quick highlights. Um, Laven's dad, great guy, uh in the Navy. Uh we had to talk about bringing a gun in. Cut to. He,
0: yeah, he was very hooked. Like, <laughs> uneasy about like dropping off uh like young teens at this, like, what's this? Why am I bringing you here? What is going on? I need to be armed. It's like, Dad, it's not that kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got hooked. I'm sure we've talked about this like a thousand times. So yeah, we definitely I'll skip have. over this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this year, um, kind of a bummer. You live in Japan, loser. Um, and <laughs> we're, <laughs> uh, we have to do it without you. But, um, as has become tradition we uh annie Bros. creative puts on anime jeopardy and anime jeopardy 18 plus um two trivia events where we have contestants compete to see who can win in a jeopardy style trivia contest um a little different this year at the uh, last year at komori we were talking with the programming team and they were like you guys are great what else do you want to do and we're like well I I wasn't going to miss my shot. Um, Literally the inspiration for anime jeopardy is like watching celebrity jeopardy SNL skits. So we're like, or I told the uh, programming director, I was like, I would love to do celebrity jeopardy. If you guys can hook us up with some of the guests that show up, we will do a much more polished game um, and, you know, have them compete to see who's going to be number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, we got to do it this year, so that was those are the three things that Annie Bro's Creative put on: uh, Anime Jeopardy All Ages, Anime Jeopardy 18 Plus, sponsored by Faku, talk about in a little bit, um, and Celebrity Jeopardy, where we had celebrities compete.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, we're growing up so fast, and by so fast yep. I mean over ten years of growing up, <laughs> <laughs> of like r- largely static and then like a period of yeah. growth very quickly. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of trying to decide like how to best tackle reviewing the event. Um, Yeah, well, let me, you go ahead.
0: I was going to say start at the the beginning.
1: Okay, so this is the first time that I've ever done uh, day zero at a convention. So um, what that means is a lot of conventions now allow you to show up the day before it all starts and do your, pick up your badge, do your registration. They have a team that's there setting up for the event anyway. And so you might as well drop by, get your stuff and that saves them effort the next day, because if a bunch of, if a good number of people show up the day before, then that's fewer people that are like in line to get registered the first day now. I'm I'm really grateful that Comorian did this. I think it was a good decision. The um, is run by is a nonprofit event put on by an organization called Nimbus Entertainment, um, and I think it's governed by a board that has to vote on everything. And I think membership can participate in votes. Our rule is never become staff, so mm-hmm. a lot of this is just kind of picked up from the sides. Um, but there's a discord channel where they hold a lot of these votes. And so you can kind of like watch from the periphery, the governing body of KomoriCon made the decision that they would uphold some pretty strict COVID 19 precautions. So you had to demonstrate a negative COVID test or your vaccination card, uh, before getting your badge. And so at every point. (laughs) In the process with KomoriCon this year, uh, there was a um, a health check where you had to go through a line and get you know have those things checked. Do you have a negative test, or do you have your your vax card? Are you uh, are you vaccinated within the last year or whatnot? Um, I got there like bright and early Thursday morning. Uh, I took Thursday and Friday off from work. I was like, I'm just. I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long year. I'm taking time off to do weep stuff. Um, and so got there early on Thursday. We also needed to do a tech walkthrough for celebrity jeopardy. And so, um, myself and Jason, who's on uh, real Japan, uh, along with Tara, who does just track talk, we were there, um, to do that and get our badges. So we get in the health check line, pretty painless, um, not staffed super well. Uh, two people checking things um, and probably unfair on those people to have to check the volume that they were being asked to check. But that... So it. I stood in that Wait, line for so
0: Go ahead. i sorry to stop you, but... So you're saying yeah. at the day zero, it was like already like a lot of people there bright and early yeah. on Thursday.
1: Um, I've never been to a day zero before. So I'm going to say that like it felt like a lot of people relative to what it would be the next day it was a very small amount of people um, that's
0: that's crazy uh, i've yeah. never been to day zero at komori Con, but when i've gone to sakura Con in the past uh we usually do the same thing where we pick up everything on uh the day before like kind of evening because they usually open it i don't know when they open it up to be honest but when we drive there all day and then we get there we just go to the, yeah. the convention center and get our, start getting our stuff and it's always like pretty smooth uh, like there's not like a lot of people there. The the next day is like the crazy day. And like the day before is like, eh, this is a reasonable amount of people. Yeah. So, I mean, you're saying bright and early. (laughs) That's good. Uh,
1: well it was like, I think I got there around 11 ish. I took the day off. It was early. Yeah. I probably got there around 10 or 11. I think that's when they started. I think they were supposed to start at like 11 checking people in. Um, so I got there and uh, I was supposed to meet up with the panel's director. Um, she was busy at the, at the precise moment when I showed up. And so I was like, well, I'll just go get my badge. How, how painful could this be? There's not a lot of people here. Um, and, but what I found out as I was going through the health check line is that they were about an hour behind in starting that, that uh, badge pickup process for regular attendees, um, fortunately as you're listening to this on a podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, Annie bros qualifies as press and, um, we do not abuse that privilege. We are grateful. We work, we try to work very diligently and professionally with, um, the, the press and publicity office at KoryCon to do interviews and, um, provide coverage of the event. This is the one time (laughs) when I was like, nice. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I get the, it took me like half hour, 45 minutes to kind of go, you know, through the health check line. Um, and then when I got through it and I got to the end, I was like, Hey, uh, I'm, I have a press badge to pick up. Normally that's in specialty badges. Do I get in this line, which was like general admission or is do I go somewhere else? And, and the person was like, Oh, just go around, just go in there, go around the corner. Um, and you can get your badge. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you um i uh,
0: like into a little room or like into like a no to go
1: into um the um to just go into um the registration area and go and, and pick stuff up so um at the convention center the layout was a little different which i'll talk about for day during day one but um there's a wing where they kind of put the registration in Because they do this like snaking line because it gets so full. Um, And off to the corner, there's usually like staff registration and specialty registration. Staff and specialty registration were split up. But I just I I went into this big room and I looked over to the side and there was a tiny, a, a relatively smaller, probably like a 10 foot by 10 foot booth area that was like specialty batch pickup, vendors, press, special guests, that type of thing. And there was only like five people in that line. And I was like, cool. Uh, so I avoided uh, Jason and Tara's eye contact and I went into the significantly smaller line. Um, <laughs> I think they would spend another hour plus waiting for their pets.
0: That sucks.
1: Yeah. Um, so what, did we end up abandoning that line?
0: Well, you ended up abandoning those people. I did.
1: I we, we kept having this moment where it's like, We could go do what we need to do and come back. And you probably still would not be through this line. I think ultimately what happened is that they just went, um, so I get into this line and there's like, I show up and it's maybe one, two, three, four, five. So there's five people ahead of me and I walk in and as I'm walking in, someone is coming back from the front saying oh, shoot, you have to get the health check before you do this. Um, And so this vendor stopped and talked to the two people in front of me and was like, hey, did you guys get your health check? And they're like, no, we've been standing here for 45 minutes. No one's told us to get this health check. And so uh, this vendor explained to this other pair of vendors, yeah, it looks like we missed it, so we can just go out there and we have to get it before they can give us our badge. And this is a very loud conversation. Like, it's not aggressive, but like, they're not hiding what they're talking about. They're just saying like, Hey, you have to do this. And so that, um, fender person walks off to go get the health check. And the other two are just kind of standing there and they're like, do we wait in this line, ignore the information we were just given and hope they give us the badge when we get up there. And eventually one of them like walks up to the front, asks somebody to the side, like, Hey, do we need to do the health check? Another loud conversation where they confirm this information. Uh, and so then the. They come back and they're like, yeah, we got to do this. And so they take him, and they hike off. Um, and so then I'm standing there. The other vendor shows back up. We strike up a great conversation. Uh, turns out he was, he does a lot of leather work. His wife sells crafts in the in the artist alley. Uh, so we had a great conversation talking about 3D printing and woodwork and all this stuff. And then like in front of us, one of the managers just starts shouting because it's like, he's like, what do you mean I need a health check? And so we're like, at least three people had had this very loud conversation within earshot shot of this person. Um, but now they have reached the front and been told, Hey, you have to go get this health check. We're not allowed to give you the badge unless you do this. And he's like, I've been standing here for 45 minutes. Why haven't you told us that we have to do this? There's no sign. There's like, no one saying, Hey, do you have this? If not go get this. Um, and the vendor had a really valid point and, this kind of is an indication of how the weekend would go oh, for no. logistics <laughs> um and so that vendor had to go out go do a health check i went up there had done the health check got my badge like to out of there um but there was like a, a cascading failure in how things were monitored or enforced or communicated um i knew about the health check because it event we had talked about it in annie roads we had talked about like oh the logistics of this we got to make sure that we do this and whatnot um and i'm pretty certain there was probably an email somewhere from press telling me oh hey by the way go to specialty registration do a health check first and so it's like okay there's a lot of stuff going on but the person that was like checking everybody in was like, someone was supposed to be watching the door and not letting anybody in without that badge or without the like wrist strap um, that you had to keep on all weekend. You, you could, if you cut it, if you like took it off, you had to go back through the line. Um, spoiler alert, that was an hours long process to get a badge. So <laughs> Um,
0: a second badge, badge too.
1: Yeah, a second, yeah, the wrist brand plus the badge. There was like it's the two factor authentication for being at Komori Well, it's um, actually
0: doubles as a like a radiation detection device, so it like yeah. turns, turns blue <laughs> and there's like something bad near you, and you got to get out of there.
1: If you've had too much of a Nibio moment, it turns blue and you got to go. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so we. I think I think Jason and Tara like stuck it out and went through the line. I just kind of chilled and waited for them. And so they came out. They got their badge after I don't know. They were it was like an hour, ninety minutes behind schedule and it was supposed to start. But we got everything. And then we did a tech walkthrough. Um, a new thing this year for Annie Bro for uh, Anime Jeopardy was that we um, we got the big room, <laughs> not live events, but um, the room like one level below that auditorium, nice. um, which is where. Like you would have experienced like a lot of trick, all of triggers panels are generally in that space. The big um, one. So it was like the big one. It was a big room. And so we got to see it. They were still setting everything up. Um, and so we couldn't like get up there, but then we got to look at a different space and measure things out. And it was like, okay, cool. We understood this. Um, and then that was, that was it for my day. But by the time we left, there was a line for that health check that stretched both halls of the oregon convention center and that's probably a football field plus line of people (laughs) and then what stacy um from fujoshi trash talk um sailor spaz on twitter um what she told us is that they had to open so you know um this is gonna be an extremely like sorry if no one's ever been to the oregon convention center but you know the like when you come in off the street off of mlk and you go down the escalator to that first hall area where it's like the the exhibit hall is normally and the game place usually Mm -hmm. yeah um there's a hallway that goes back to restrooms yep there's a set of double doors there that's always closed those double doors actually lead to the parking garage like if you so there's a um Let's say let's say let's call it like level one. There's like a level one street access off of the street in, uh, the Oregon Convention Center. And then if you go down an escalator on either side, you get to like let's say like sub like minus one. Um, it's like a kind of a level. Yeah, exactly. And I never knew that those were actually like physically connected through a hallway. But the line was so long, they had to open those double doors and. Revealed this secret shortcut to everybody that you could, you didn't have to go like up and back down. You could just walk on through. Um, but it stretched all the way back that way. Like the Oregon convention center is huge. And so this is probably like a one and a half, two football field length line for health check before getting into the snaking reservation line or the, um, to pick up your badge or to register for the event, God forbid. Um, and. I had so um my CEO the CEO for the company I work for uh and his wife always bring their daughter um to uh ComoriCon and so they always hang out on the weekend. I love con parents. Con parents are the best. Um I think they waited in that line for 4 hours on day 0 to get to pick up their badges.
0: This reminds me of like <laughs> pre-registration circa 2007. <laughs> yeah. like (laughs) Like really bad yeah like not good like what's the point of pre-registering if i have to be in this line for 10 hours
1: (laughs) i don't know a lot of us were thinking about um like i miss the days when they would mail us our pre badges. if you were pre-registered by a certain date you were mailed a badge you did not have to sit in that line um i i respect the need to like do the safety measure checks that their membership voted on having like i i have not heard of anyone getting sick from komori we all had to wear masks the whole time we all had to be checked for a negative or a fax card um it was a pain in the ass but (laughs) kept us safe um that said boy howdy could it have been done so much better um like people i think the complexity was they would accept a vax card or a negative test, which means then you have to like, one of those is much easier to verify than the other, but it was just like bad. And this is, I wanted to start with this because I much prefer to start with the negative and then just gush uncontrollably about everything else. Cause this was the negative of the event. Um, my, uh, the parents, the con parents I just mentioned. So they did all of their stuff day zero. Unfortunately, their daughter or their child brought a friend with them on Friday. The friend was not registered for the convention. My, uh, so, you know, the, the wife spent another six hours in line to register that one person, six hours. That's like, that's four hours in the VAX line. And then two hours in the reg line.
0: By then everything you wanted to see might be even over.
1: Yeah. Like, friday was a pretty like chill calm day at the con because everyone was in line so it was like artificially (laughs) decreased the population for everything
0: Uh, okay gotcha well yeah there are some things i don't miss about going to conventions yeah this is one of those things
1: yeah and there just seemed to be a um it just was handled very poorly. Like, I I don't know how else to describe it except for, I just feel like volunteer numbers were down. I know that I know staffing numbers were down this year. And so there's certain things you can't avoid, but I feel like with a full year of prep, there should have been better solutions in place. Um, Well, last
0: year you guys had it in person. Mm -hmm. Did, Did any of the policies change from this year to last year? Did they have like, I mean, like, did they change um, a bunch of stuff th- so now they have to reset their internal clocks of like this is all new stuff, I have to learn it, and then next year it'll be better? Or should they have learned their lesson last year and it didn't get better?
1: Um last year was stricter. I don't think they would have accepted a negative COVID test. I think it had to be a VAX card. I see. Um, because they had the backing of like the CDC rules for events. Um they had more more check more places to get checked. Um, there were mul- like last year, there were multiple tables where they would check this information staffed mm-hmm. by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I did it twice and it only took me like an hour, both times. I think, um, I just feel like there was, it felt like whichever body within Kori oversees the logistics of registration did not prepare adequately for the process. They didn't think through it. They didn't think through worst case scenarios. They just kind of had an assumption that it would work. Um, I talked to one staff member who said that around 7,000 people showed up on Friday. And I think that was a a, a few thousand more than they were expecting, um, which that'll definitely put a, a hamper on your plans. But I feel like they know how popular this event is and they know that people have been cooped up for so long um that they're just it could have been better it could have been so much better handled
0: do do you think there's like i mean i don't know this is just random speculation but do you think there could be some contingency of the planning staff who are like lean toward the anti-vaxxer kind of thing and they're just (laughs) like fuck it i don't care not my problem and you know Um, it kind of fell apart no
1: no and what i'll say is like i think a majority of the people who vote on this stuff are staff and so i feel like they were doing what they could to like ensure their own safety i think there was some tolerance to bend the rules um for example the the rule was masks at all time and right. not just masks, but it had to be an n95 or a kn95
0: what and you, everyone had to wear an m95 yeah. masks inside the convention center
1: correct (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's (laughs) kind of wild actually (laughs) and, and so like they had pallets of masks to hand out and they were they had staff that were great at if you weren't wearing a mask they would walk up and they would say hey you know this is our policy can you please put this on and i never saw anybody get really like irate or mad about it um they telegraphed it like a month or two in advance so like people knew that this was the expectation um that said like I did not wear a mask during Celebrity Jeopardy. Well, I had a conversation with all of the contestants. The contestants said, "You know, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Um, you know, there was. They have known faces. They didn't want to cover them up. And I was like, okay, you're all spaced appropriately. If you're okay with it, I'm going to take mine off as well. Um, just because I was chugging water the entire time because I was so nervous. But um, so there was there was some elasticity in it. They weren't being like. Super strict, but it just there were these bottlenecks that I feel like they should have anticipated or been able to do an audible and be like, okay, we need to simplify this process. Uh, but that was it. Just it was a mess.
0: Gotcha. Well, that
1: that said, I survived, and also I sincerely think that that was the only negative I can think of for KomoriCon twenty twenty two. Like if I, if I reflect back on the event in my, in my eyes, one of the best Komori cons, like in terms of execution, what I mean, um, the, there was a change in how like the dealer hall was set up. They separated gaming from the dealer's hall. So in the past, <laughs> nice. the dealer's hall kind of like bled into gaming. They made the decision to put them in separate spots where there's like, there was a wall there's you know, it's well partitioned. It gave the dealers hall more space. The artist alley was like wrapped around the, the more mainstream like sellers in the middle. Um, and it was great to walk around. It got kind of confusing cause it was like L shaped, but it was fantastic. I never went into gaming once <laughs> cause I never had to, um, like console gaming, um, wasn't there right. or was separated. So you didn't have to bump into it. You didn't have to run into like the random, uh, guilty gear players that are like, mad at you for existing
0: (laughs) yeah uh well that's good so so then the like the expo room the big you know the big room was purely for Mm -hmm. exhibitors and not for any other kind of hanging out
1: yeah exactly and so it was just um that was one of the we didn't have a lot of hangout time unfortunately um like i didn't get a single game of mahjong in was um, it really
0: Kamori Khan in, then if that didn't happen?
1: I know. I know. That was my one regret is that we didn't, there was no Mahjong playing, but there's like, I guess Josh plays, but you weren't there. Wes wasn't there. Chaz wasn't there. Yeah. There's Jack like five of there. us know how to play. So <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Mahjong players weren't there. um, um, And traditional board games was in, the Hyatt. So, a minor caveat oh, yeah. on my... There was only one bad thing about the event. They did a split convention, they, they which been doing I am that for not a, a, while a fan of. Yeah, that, that's true. But in the convention center, they haven't been doing that. Um, once they moved away from holding the event in, in Vancouver, they they it was all together. Like, there wasn't a second location.
0: No, they're always as far as i remember i could be i could be wrong but as far as i remember when they moved to the convention center they still always had auxiliary space at the at the hyatt because they had like weird one-off events over there like they'd have some Mm, anime bar after hours thing yeah so they always had that space available and there'd just be random stuff over there yeah
1: okay that is fair i we it was just never something we ever had to go to (laughs) it was like byob so we were we were fine Um, but they actually had a, a significant portion of content over at the Hyatt. So traditional gaming, Gunpla, um, made cafe. Like there was a lot of things going on there. Why? Press office.
0: Uh, Press office was over there. That's, that's annoying. Yes. (laughs) Um, do you know why? Like, were you sharing the convention weekend with another thing on the other side?
1: Nope. I think, um, hey, pricing. It's a so dealer. the Hyatt was just remodeled. It's like, it's brand new. Um, and I think I was talking with one staff member and they made the point of like, the Hyatt was built for Komori Khan. Like, the volume <laughs> of people that Kamori Khan brings justifies the existence of that hotel. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I think the room block there was probably sold out. Like, there were a lot of people staying there. Um, and I think it'd be more expensive to try and get another wing in the convention center. Plus it would almost be worse because it would be so far off. Like the Hyatt is like right across the street, which is a further dis, which is a closer distance than where these, the next wing of the convention center is. Cause gotcha. that's, la- that's like a hike down a hallway. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the, enough. Yeah. The press office was over there, which I liked on one hand because it was spacious and, um, quiet. And there was a really nice spot to do interviews. Um, the frustrating thing was I checked literally, there was like no email to me that explained where the press office was. I had to use my inside connections to be like, I'm looking for this person. Where the hell are they?
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: <clears throat> uh, and they're like oh they're on the third floor of the hyatt i'm like where on the third floor they're like the third floor that's the press floor i was like okay cool uh, which it was like there was there was a nice little quiet place to, to chill and eat conduct interviews store my stuff um i'll say right now i am eternally grateful to um uh kevin who oversees press and samantha who oversees publicity and um uh guest relations uh because they let me store an extremely heavy bag in the press office all weekend because uh, i i didn't know when my interview was spoiler we didn't interview talk about it in a minute and so i had to bring all my audio equipment and i was like well i can lug this like 20 pound bag around the convention center and like hope that portland police department doesn't try and like shoot me because it looks like i'm the joker carrying around a bomb at a bank um, or i could just store it here and they were and i also stored my suit there which was really nice
0: we need to make up some uh, Andy Bros armbands for press related. Yeah. I think that'll be good.
1: I, we don't have that type of uh, cultural understanding here in the States. I'd get oh, a no, little wary we about do. pinning an armband to myself. Oh, the, the wrong kind though. Oh, <laughs> like, oh <sorry>. Not <laughs> the press <laughs> <breast> kind.
0: <laughs> like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> Neo fascism. Everyone understands what armbands are for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but sincerely, everything else about Coricon was fantastic. Um, just kind of give a high level overview of what Andy Bros Creative did. Um, we have, you know, Laban and I started um, Anime Jeopardy fifteen years ago, um, and it's grown into Andy Bros Creative. Um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and so we had we had our normal game um which ran extremely well uh the one so the one and this this relates this is on friday so on friday we had anime jeopardy all ages and as listeners will know to select the contestants for anime jeopardy we um do a contestant selection and we had a low turnout for contestant selection we only um because everyone was in
0: those lines
1: Exactly everybody was in the lines. so normally we get about 50 people that take the test. we had about 34 this time. Um, we had some good scores but they you know it's we could tell that there were fewer people that could get to us because our even normally we put contestant selection at like noon or we asked for it to be around noon um, because people have registered but it's still early there's not a lot of el- other stuff going on so people can take the test. We had it at 330 and people were still in that fucking line. <laughs>
0: That sucks. That's really that actually yeah. impact like the line, you know, lines are shitty, but if it actually starts impacting your events, like that's yeah. That's not good.
1: I think there was a diminished attendance to panels on Friday, which is a shame because the panels on Friday were fantastic. Um they uh brought back um Elisa Friedman, professor at the University of Oregon who is a scholar on Japan, Japanese culture, Japanese pop culture, gives a bunch of really great lecture style presentations where she like sprints through hundreds of PowerPoint slides. Um, they're fantastic to, to watch. Um, (laughs) Jen and Wes, uh, of Otofu Susume can blame the rest of us for, uh, Zach Davison being at KomoriCon in this year. Um, because KomoriCon reached out and said, what type of guest do you want for the the con? And um, I was like, well, it'd be great to get a translator. You know, Zach Davison is this famous translator who lives up in Seattle. Why don't you invite him down? Um, and they did. I, I I don't know if I can take full credit for that idea, putting that idea in their brain. But there there is definitely some correlation between... Annie Bro is putting him forward as a guest for Celebrity Jeopardy and him getting an invite. Um, this
0: is a fact I did not know until right now. So, yeah, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know we were instrumental in this uh, part.
1: I I don't know it for a fact, but...
0: Well, it sounds like we, at least we had some part in it, right? And I say we and when I mean we not me at all. Co-
1: <laughs> when we started corresponding with um, Komori Khan around, like doing celebrity jeopardy, because at the end of last year we reached out or we we had that conversation saying, we would love to do this. If you want to do it, we're going to need your help, but you know, Hey, maybe, maybe we can pull it off. And then they reached out a few months ago, maybe like over half a year ago and said, we want to do it. Do you have any ideas on the guests that you would want? And so, um, we brainstormed a short list and we were like well, a voice actor probably because you get a lot of voice actors and then we need an industry person um, and then maybe like a, like an industry person, like someone who licenses or edits or scripts, anime dubs or whatnot, or, or du- like someone from Discotech or someone from Dark Horse, like that type of industry person. And then we're like, okay, and then maybe someone who works in the translation space. Um, what we ended up with... Uh, and and so then they asked for like more concrete examples and so I, I did like a list of names um, people I follow on Twitter and and people that I know that are in the Pacific Northwest or come to Komori Khan. and so one of them that I put forward was Zach Davison who is the editor or the um, he's an author but he's also a translator and so you just read his translation of um, uh, Onward Towards Our Noble Death yep. you know Um all the Shigeru Mizuki stuff um, and they they responded to us saying oh do you know him how do you contact him and so I was like well you go to Zach Davison.com and you click the contact button um, so that's <laughs> uh, who knows um, hopefully Zach uh, had a great time um, I think that he has some beef with with Sakura Khan and so hopefully we won him over um, really so did he say
0: that sure. do you have any juicy details
1: he did not give details, um, but I don't think he's very like shy about his opinion of of Khan. Um, and so you can probably just find a Twitter thread about it.
0: Let's we should interview him like directly. <laughs> let's get him on the podcast.
1: I'm I'm tempted to reach out. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this episode. But then uh, <laughs> after that, we'll, we should reach out because I I honestly I want I was like you just read Onward Towards Our Noble Death. I I I have it right there. I'll reread it and let's invite him and have a conversation. I'm yeah. sure he'd love to talk about it. Honestly. It's a quick read. I might re- read it again I, if
0: I know I'm gonna speak to the man who's yeah. in charge of it. <laughs> so
1: that was like we had uh, the royal. Edi- so we did Anime Jeopardy 15 Royal Edition. Um, we we picked that name because uh, Jason is such a Final Fantasy fan, and the like the director's cut version of Final Fantasy 15 is Royal Edition. So we had that game. We had contestants from the the con participate. Um, I think it went really well. Um, we may end up posting a video. We recorded the whole thing. Um, we had a great time. Like it was intimidating to be up there, but I was in front of like a lo- such a large audience. Um, but game ran smoothly. Um, the trivia was okay. Like uh, people did relatively well. All of the rounds were kind of balanced. Um, we always we always tell people there's no daily doubles don't hunt around the board looking for them but uh, unfortunately people like
0: i wish we did daily doubles. it's not i like that
1: save that thought um we uh but people like hunt around the board and they'll use their like strategies it's very unsportsmanlike no one no one just goes from 100 to 500 anymore kids these days um these days don't know what jeopardy is. What else is. do we do? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, we finally got to do something that I've wanted to do for years. Oh thank I, you I can... so much to the programming department at KomoriCon. Even better than Celebrity Jeopardy. Like, pff, what is that? They got us a confidence monitor. So we finally were able to have the contestants face the audience and look at a screen in front of them. Oh. While the big screen was behind him, which is something I've wanted to do for years. It's
0: like a legitimate production. Um, wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, so that was a that was a highlight of Friday. We got to test that out, and, and it worked really well. Um, but then that was kind of it. We, sorry, I did get some autographs from Trigger, um, from yeah, Wakawayashi and um, Koyama, um, who were there um, on the Geek Boat tour. Uh, second stop and, um, <laughs> uh, slightly embarrassing, but as I, I had a great time in line talking with people and hopefully, uh, Tim and Robert, hopefully you're listening to this episode. Um, great time talking with you in line. And, um, it was nice. It was like my approach to CoriCon this year. Um, because yes, we're there with Andy Rose Creative, but CoriCon is like our thing. And so when I'm there with Andy Rose Creative and you're not, I'm like, I'm here alone. Um, and so, you know, to kind of get myself over that, uh, Eeyore like feeling where I'm just like, mm-hmm. nothing really matters. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to talk to people. Like I'm just going to talk to people online. I'm going to be the weird guy that talks to people online. You're going to um, go find a I'm new gonna be best I'm going to be open friend. to that.
0: I got it. I see how it
1: uh, is. <laughs> uh, Tim was pretty cool. Um, but, um, no, I, there's, there's no substitutes. So, um, but I was, I was like. I had that interaction on day zero with that vendor had a great like 30 minute conversation while we were waiting in that line of two other people. Um, but then had the, in this interview line, had some great conversations, um, ran into a guy that I think is like the most hardcore otaku I've ever encountered like ever. Um, and I ran into him again later, but he, uh, was, um, he was wearing a shirt. For the Saitama, what's Saitama's baseball team? Uh,
0: the the Sparrows, Lions.
1: The Lions. So he was wearing a Saitama Lion shirt with like Oscar on it. You got to find this thing. Like, um, was it
0: really? Was it really Saitama? Was it really the so the Seibu Lions?
1: Yeah, it said Saitama Lions and it had Oscar and there was like a big baseball. Like I don't know where I don't know where this thing came from, but he had it, um, and he told me that he had been to japan a number of times and it was always for Comicat. like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was standing in line with he had a um a big clear briefcase full of signboards, like he was prepared and he also had like a tube like a poster tube um absolute hardcore otaku like it's one of those things where like he's really good at suppressing his power level but (laughs) if your sense is high enough you know you're like oh god (laughs) Like, oh, I can feel the gravity of this guy's, like, (laughs) fandom. All right, gotcha, Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And I think the last really big thing um, on that day was before Anime Jeopardy, um, there was the Geek Boat World Tour Part 2. And Geek Boat is a group that is... um, Imaishi, director Imaishi, um Hiromi Wakabayashi and Shigeto Koyama who primarily do a lot of work for trigger um, they've done their own stuff before but it was basically their like slack off mess around live drawing um, they, they put an Elmo in front of um, Koyama who's the the artist and um, Waka was just kind of up there like talking but he's like, Nobody record this. Nobody post photos from this. We're just going to relax. We're just going to mess around. Um, we're just going to, you know, we got a stack of post-its over here. He's going to draw. If you know what he's drawing, raise your hand and tell us what it is, and we'll call on you. Um, they talked. I'm not allowed to talk about anything they talked about, and I forgot to tell you everything that they talked about before we hit record. Um, oh, one of those we will have that. a... S- we will have a separate phone call about what they talk about because it's like juicy shit,
0: okay. but
1: I do not want to betray the request they made to a room full of people to be like, maybe don't mention, uh, this stuff. All right. Um, what I can talk about because you, there's not photographic evidence of it is, um, around like the day before KimoriCon started studio Ghibli tweeted out um, like the the opening few seconds of the Lucas Films logo, and then a short while after, they tweeted out a photo of Hayao Miyazaki with a little Yoda figure. Um, the implication being that Studio Ghibli is going to be working on the next set of Star Wars visions, um, those short film, short anime interpretations of of Star Wars. And so Koyama actually drew <laughs> Miyazaki, which I have to say, like if you know anything about how vindictive Miyazaki is, is maybe one of the most dangerous things an animator can do <laughs> is like draw a character of him. Um, and it was done in, in good fun, but it was also really hilarious because the drawing was like not mean spirited at all, but you could kind of tell that it was like, yeah, now that we made this cool, you're going to like come in here and, and pretend like you were all about this, like <laughs> that type of energy. Um, yeah. Yeah that super otaku who i met in the line ended up getting that that post-it
0: oh they were giving out the actual post-its
1: they gave out that post-it like i really hope that guy like went home and got that like framed and like archive paper (laughs) like behind like museum class uh Um, did you get a post-it because it was oh did i get a post-it uh i can't i can't post an image of it um but i'm gonna hold it up to my webcam right now you got that one. i got yeah I thought that um, was just like, and so
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had the actual poster. Well, so
1: yeah, um, I'm going to take this to a frame shop and get it framed. <laughs> yeah, of course, paper, of, course, of it course, behind museum glass. That's um, awesome. But yeah, so they were. This well, was the I, second one that he I, drew. Are you and, allowed to
0: say who it is or like what is going on? Because for the so yeah, this, I'll, for the listeners I'll say home, who it is. we're on we're can't on video share chat. A photo of it. So I I just True. saw it. That's why I reacted that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so they, they, they explained the rules of the game and they were like, okay, he's going to draw. And w- as soon as you know what it is, raise your hand. I'll call on you. If you get it right, you get the post-it. And so he starts, he he took away the, uh, the, um, the post-it that he would call white Vader of <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> and, um, then he starts, he starts this drawing and he, he starts with these eyebrows and I'm like, I mean, that could be like Basho like the poet like it could be Basho um based on like just the eyebrows and then he draws these aviator glasses and i was like hand just went straight up and i was like that's Yoshiyuki Yoshiyuki Tamino and he was like how the god damn it <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome and so yeah i first when i first, yeah, when I first I saw a...
0: the photo or like the the drawing my first thought was like I didn't think to me know as the first guess. I thought of um oh now I'm blanking on his name. The the founder of Nintendo or not the founder but like the
1: Oh yeah. The old guy, the big guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. What is his name? The guy that saved Pokemon? No
0: no 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 not 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 him. Oh, Miyamoto.
1: Shigeru Miyamoto. No 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 no. Mario guy.
0: No 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 no. The... Ah, okay, hold on. Click, click, click. Hiroshi Yamauchi. Like the... Oh, yeah, okay. The, the old guy with also big sunglasses and yeah. And I was like, well, why would they be making fun of him? That doesn't make any sense. And then I thought... Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I know who this is. <laughs> it's obvious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and like... So Koyama is a mech designer. He's just idly doodling and then he draws these really distinct sunglasses and I'm like, yeah, or actually like glasses glasses. And I was like, that's Tamino. Um, he didn't from there they like, I think in his mind, he was like, oh, I'm gonna do some like idle pop culture drawings." And then once he realized that the the audience was like tuned in a little, he was like, I need to stop drawing people that I might work with or (laughs) have some reputation in the industry. And so he started drawing like people in the audience. Um, He did this great one where um, ultimately he was drawing it upside down, but it's initially it looked like Baymax from Big Hero 6. Um, And he was like, no, why? How are you Oregonians not getting this? And eventually, it like became really clear. And somebody's like, "Is that Bigfoot?" And he like flipped it around, and it was Bigfoot. <laughs> um, and so they just they were they were just messing around, which is what I really like about um, the Trigger Team and geek boat when they show up is they're not super serious, yeah. um, and they kind of just kind of they're they're okay messing around. I don't know um, if you, uh, has, you have the... ever
0: watched any of the anime that they produce, but I don't know what gave you the impression <laughs> that they might be super serious people.
1: Right, right. Well, they're not, like... I think they've become less shielded. In the past, they were kind of, like, cryptic about what they would talk about. They gave some very, like, non-dodgy answers to... Uh, or not answers, but, like, they volunteered some very direct information um, that I that I feel like they wouldn't do in the past.
0: They must have break, broken some um, kind of
1: threshold to where they're like,
0: you know what, we have, yeah. like, uh, control of our own destiny, and we like have our own agency in the in the industry and we can just yeah. do whatever we want now without like having to worry about pissing someone off. It must be like secure in some way.
1: I have some th- I have some theories around that. It, probably the success of Promare, but also Cyberpunk. Um, and I mean, they're one of like a handful of studios that Lucasfilms and Disney were like, you can make a Star Wars. <laughs> and so they probably do have a certain level of cachet. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. Um, yeah, there's just an in, they they did feel a little bit more like relaxed. Like I think they enjoy being back in Portland. Actually, I know they enjoy being back in Portland. They love Portland. Um, I I love that yeah. they
0: love Portland. That makes me happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the big highlight of day one. It was the regular anime Jeopardy. Some good panels with like Zach Davison, he gave a localization one-on-one or a translation one-on-one panel. Um, And I don't disagree with the perspective that he can be a little egotistical. I I don't even know if he would disagree with that. Um, The one like issue I had is that I felt in his translation panel, um, he went out of the way for no good reason to just kind of like shit on game translators um and and like suddenly a bunch of things fell into place in terms of like opinions our friends hold um and i don't know, I, I don't know it just anyone who's like a game unnecessary translator. yeah <laughs> i don't know any localization directors yeah. um yeah and so that was good i sat in on a a piece of one of friedman's panels that i'd seen before um about how Unite, how Japanese culture is represented in the United States, and how American culture is represented in Japan. Um, that whole like Sesame Street, King of the Hill conversation. Um, mm. So that was that was a like a repeat, but it was still fun to to sit in. And this this glimmering ray of hope with Komori Khan attendees, all of Professor Friedman's like lecture culture based classes, packed rooms, every single one. That's um, great. It's a credit to yeah it's a credit to how engaging she is but also like it's cool that there are people showing up for panels that aren't just like let's do a cosplay summer party for (laughs) Hitalia.
0: i know people still like that right (laughs) i i don't know uh i'm sure i'm there's no way that that kind of stuff didn't go down but it is good knowing that there were good panels because usually like in the last couple of years that i was there it was always just like our panels plus just nonsense. So being able to go to like some yeah. kind of, I don't know, like intellectually stimulating panel of some kind Agreed. seems pretty good. I'm still waiting for Domes yeah. Part 2. That'll never come. Pretty sure. But, <laughs> oh.
1: You know, I bet if I asked Kyo, we could find out what happened to that person. She um,
0: just, like, lost all her government funding and is still trying to, like, get a big dome <laughs> project being made somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so... It's a little inside joke. <laughs> yeah. It's a Only deep the cut. real ones deep will get that Morgan one. Joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, day two, the content was a little lighter just to be, like, transparent um, but we had Celebrity Jeopardy, and almost more importantly, uh, Annie Bros was permitted to conduct a recorded interview with uh, Wakabayashi and Koyama. So, what? Um,
0: what a crazy time yeah. we live in.
1: Um, huge amount of gratitude to uh, Levin for helping me write the questions and to uh, Levin's wife for helping us translate um, so that we could present a very polished looking request in Japanese for permission to record permission to use the audio um and the questions that we that we asked we're not yep. going to talk about that I'm, right now because i'm going to get
0: in trouble yeah. if i don't say that uh it was all kauri and i localized it i did nothing with the translation so no, it's all I, her give her the credit it's, like, I, an, it's like an 80 oh totally. 20 kauri gets full kind of credit. split
1: <laughs> yeah and i did nothing but slow her down by offering some poorly translated questions because i felt bad <laughs> Being that was like, my okay here's a whole list of english
0: my role in the situation was to like like reverse localize it for her be like ah he means this and then uh mm, then like good, read good, the good. thing and be like uh i think this is not the meaning of what the question is nice
1: yeah i i think they came out really well when i read the questions back i was like nice and i sent a messages i was like thank you for taking my questions and writing them and like simplifying them, making them better. Uh, and then also like it's, it's a good way to learn just to be able to like, Oh, okay. That's how you would convey this. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't, we're going to do a whole episode dedicated to it. Cause we'll be able to include the audio. It was about a little bit over a half hour and we can all add some editorial on the beginning and end. Um, I do want to give a shout out to another great feat. Like, a great component of, um, Khan, which is they, um, use the services of an amazing translator. Um, Karen, who is always the, the translator interpreter for, um, the geek boat team when they're in town. And then also, um, will Fung, who, uh, is a liaison with trigger with geek boat. Um, he also works in the animation industry. I hope I pronounced his na- last name, right. Um, Will's great. He also assists in the the interpretation for Geek Boat, um, and and provided some great color commentary during the interview. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so that'll be awesome for the listeners. We're gonna be able to post. Yeah. This we I guess we built our credibility from last two whatever three yeah. years ago it feels. Like. <laughs> Whenever last time they were there. We... Yeah
1: we. Yeah we interviewed them in uh, 2019 and I think and they remembered. I I was gonna mention this. When I got up to the top of the uh, the autograph line, um, Koyama was like, "This guy seems familiar," and Wakabayashi was like, "Kareda." <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was nice. Um, it was fun to do. It sucks because it's solo. It was just kind of me. And as you know from listening to the recording I took uh i am not an audio engineer and i flipped the seating um mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we'll fix that in post uh, as we I do will, i will do my maybe best we'll fix that in post
0: well as we've <laughs> demonstrated and maybe i won't do the best but <laughs> i will try my best
1: <laughs> no we'll figure it out
0: yeah. Um, um yeah i think this is how it feels to be maybe like the emperor where uh from all of your perspective i am living in japan and uh you know living the dream but from my high perch (laughs) i'm like i want to be down there where everyone's having fun at komori
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's totally fair um yeah i wish the timing had worked out better that you were able to travel or there wasn't a pandemic you know it will never be things up a little good
0: for me because they've decided to put komori at the dumbest possible time where it's like, uh, well, I'm going to come for Christmas, so there's no use coming a little bit before. You know, it's just like it's a, not a good timing.
1: Yeah, if they keep shifting later and later in the year, um, it's like the 13th through 17th or something next year, 11th through 13th. Do um, it on Christmas no, that time. This year. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, they're getting they're getting there. If they'll just they'll line up with uh, Thanksgiving, and then, which honestly, I wouldn't mind. Like if it wasn't. If it was like one day adjacent or like the Friday after, that'd be great because it would de- it would decrease the number of people there.
0: <laughs> well, I mean uh SuckerCon does this trick where they put it on Easter weekend and it mm. if that's happening, I that would screws me up. I wouldn't want to see like how it is on a regular weekend because it's already crowded.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, so we did that interview, um, and then I caught a panel. So I think we're gonna have to do like a uh, an embedded journalist kind of thing where we subject ourselves to VTubers and Hollow Lives, um, nope. because, because I it. I think it's the big thing right now.
0: Um, with degenerates, I,
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> and the kids. The kids are all hip on it. Well, the kids um, are
0: degenerates. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one of, the, one of the people that we got for Celebrity Jeopardy um, is the CEO of Tonari Animation, uh, Jarrett Martin. And um, Tonari Animation was, a, was at KomoriCon, and they, they gave a few panels. And one of them they gave was actually pretty cool. So um, I know nothing about the world of, of VTubers, literally nothing. Um, I had, I, I requested a, a like lecture from Piper and some of the, some of the, the kids that were at the con, I was like, I need just tell me everything. Um, but Tonari animation is like a, um, it's a hundred percent remote company that does animation work for the, like assistant productions. They helped Toei do animation on one piece red, um, which just came out and by all accounts is extremely well animated. They didn't really lead with that anytime they talked about who they were, and I was just like, this would be the the thing I would tell people. We worked, we helped work on that movie, however small piece of it, lead with that. But they're apparently big, they're like well known because they're one of their big original animation works was doing this opening animation for a VTuber named Gar Gura. I have to think very hard every time I say it. Because I always put the W in the wrong spot. But she's a VTuber. Looks like a... Sh- uh, it's a lolly with a shark tail and a shark hoodie. I don't know. The opening animation was great. And then they walked through, like, the animatics and the process of going through it. They gave a good presentation. We were there because I needed to, like, stalk the the celebrity and learn about them. But that was a cool panel. A cool guest. I think it's, like... I like when they bring in industry people. And it's a good industry get.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah. I don't know anything about VTubers except for. I don't know either. They're, just, they're on, they're on the tube. I guess. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's all I know. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Blissfully unaware of this world.
1: Yeah, it's they're they're ba- they're streamers, but with like really advanced VR rigging. It's like yeah, they're cowards. I don't know. <laughs> I. I don't know it's 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 so far outside of my depth and it's like i don't like watching people like stream video games so it's never something that i would watch um yeah it's just it's not our cup of tea we missed the boat but it's what all the kids are into
0: oh no I, well yeah missed the boat like i purposely didn't buy a ticket to the boat like i didn't get on the boat i <laughs> jumped like, off this. that dock and like nope. that looks like a boat that i don't want to be on so <laughs>
1: yeah um but then so we did that one, did the interview, uh and then very responsibly I could not attend the Trigger Q&A panel. Um what? Because I I know. Um we had our um Anime Jeopardy uh, celebrity Anime Jeopardy was at 5:30 and their panel ended at 5:30. So I had to <laughs> they technically uh, fulfilled your request no overlaps. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to the letter. Uh they're like, "Okay, we got it." Actually, I didn't make that request this time. Um what? Why not? but because I didn't know they were going to be there. Uh Geekbutt was like one of the last guests announced.
0: Always right. Industry people yeah. no overlaps. <laughs> like mm.
1: That's I what I always that. did. You're right. Um So, I couldn't go fortunately piper was like i'll take notes and then show up a little bit late because it was supposed to be like most of it was q a so it was just going to be the audience being like what's gallo's favorite color um or like how do i become an animator um and so i did this calculus i was just like maybe it's not maybe i shouldn't go big fucking mistake on my part um 'Cause they actually like spent half of it like giving some really interesting information. Um and so fortunately I did a debrief, I talked to Piper and I talked to uh number one fan of the show and number one fan of the show's friend. One day I'll learn his name. Honestly, number one fan's friend, if you could please leave your name in the comments and just identify yourself as number one fan's friend. Um your badge is always turned the wrong way. And every time I want to memorize it, it's not there. But in talking with them, there were a few interesting observations that I wanted to convey because it's not part of the interview, so I can talk about it. Um, one of the things that they talked about, which I thought was really interesting, but also sad, was someone did ask them, hey, are you going to make more Inferno Cop? Uh, and Trigger was like, uh, the you know the, the real person behind that died. Like, <laughs> we, we can't. Um, but... Um, the reality is, like they said that they view Inferno Cop as like their Gundam. <laughs> They're like not like their OG gun, like their Grandpa Gundam, their RX-78. Like it's our, it's our thing that we're. It's like a foundational piece of us. It's our flagship, but we're not going to make anymore because of the the people that it's not. Yeah. We're not whole anymore, so we can't do it. Um. And so that was, that was like a sad little thing to to learn about. Um, they talked a little bit about, they talked none about Darling and the Franks, which I feel like is an omission because you got like, Koyama was the mech designer for that show and well, they, they just ne- didn't touch it, um, which kind of telegraphs their, they're still. I don't know. I probably just, nobody
0: asked the question. Like maybe they know it's not popular. So they just like, well, if nobody cares, I'm not going to talk about it. It's It's possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if they did anything about cyberpunk Piper has notes and I'll, I'll have them added into the show note. Um, more about that. I just didn't receive them before this recording. Um, but it sounded like it was more than just a and a. And so I do regret missing it. I did need that time to like yeah. mentally prepare for celebrity jeopardy. <laughs> so then we did celebrity jeopardy. Nice. Woo. It happened. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so our contestants um, that the convention helped us hook up with were Zach Davison, author translator, Jared Martin, the CEO of Tenari Animation, um, and Queen D. Uh Queen D is a cosplayer and a burlesque dancer. Um, very funny. Um she was doing a bunch of late night things for KomoriCon. Um and <laughs> we found out through some slight miscommunication, Queen D uh, thought she was invited to um host. Celebrity Anime Jeopardy, um, which <laughs> was corrected before the actual event, uh, and then um, so she knew she was a contestant. We we always as a group design the game like around the audience or around the people who are going to participate. And so for regular Anime Jeopardy, it's like around the general audience. So we gotta we moderate the difficulty, um, which is a an internal debate amongst the team, right? um and for celebrity jeopardy where we knew who the contestants were so we can kind of tailor the game towards them and we had this fear that Davison would just run away with it because he's been in anime and comics uh, and japanese stuff for just since the earth cooled and so like he had a cache of information um jared martin was a bit of an unknown he was actually a um a late change um and so we hadn't adapted the game to him but as an animator and the owner of an of a company that does work in anime we're like ah, oh, he's probably gonna know his stuff queen d was a little bit of a black box um cosplayer um so we we did some cosplay categories unfortunately davison just absolutely crushed everybody at it um and which is funny because he was like convinced <laughs> that he was gonna lose because it was called anime jeff i'm a manga like, man i don't I know, know anything, about, anything anime. about anime um <laughs> but yeah but then we had categories like how would you translate this or what is this Japanese food or um, stuff like that. And so uh, it was a pretty That's brutal fine. game. There's like a... Um,
0: it's going to be a Ken Jennings situation. The other contestants... Yes, sometimes you can't avoid it.
1: Exactly. Yep. Um, Final Jeopardy was provided by Laban with this great little recording. For that, I need an armband for sure. Um, she might, maybe splicing the audio <laughs> and see if the contest... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and see if the the listeners can get it but ask this great question that on the surface seems very difficult but the answer i noticed a, an error that i made um,
0: that was like looking back at it i'm like what an idiot i was because i said this twice for two different points <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh shit i was like i'm standing here in this location blah 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 we put the text of the question (laughs) and i'm like oh no and i didn't really catch it until like way 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 after the fact like oh oh, oops
1: (laughs) oh i didn't even catch it listening to it um but we put the text up and i don't think it was in the text so not a problem um we did trip up queen d with the word medium did she believe Um, it was like a unfortunately like a spiritual Uh,
0: but like conjurer (laughs)
1: queen d literally asked like a psychic um queen d was fantastic super entertaining um we found out after celebrity jeopardy as like during a quick little debrief that um queen d hates trivia it is banned from their house um because she always feels like she can't do it and so she agreed to do celebrity jeopardy because she thought she was hosting (laughs) and wasn't gonna have to answer trivia um and has hosted trivia events in the past, which is why komori Khan thought she would <laughs> like to do this. Um, great spirit, uh, great sport, and everything. And we invited Queen D back for eighteen plus, and we we're like, "Hey, this wasn't your bag, but the raunchier stuff might be. Come back and compete in eighteen plus." Um, but Zach won. He won with <laughs> ten thousand points 10,000 11,000 points i think because he wagered 500 and yeah, he he's 10, he's playing to win
0: like he's like going in the final like, Fuck jeopardy these people, i'm gonna win
1: <laughs> yeah yeah jared <laughs> had negative 700 and queen d had like 100 <laughs> it was bad it was brutal um yeah and they they refused to play jeopardy like i told them behind stage i was like you're gonna see a category in the first round That's going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. There was a category called state your name and they all kept avoiding it. (laughs) Um, and so, and they all, they kept playing like jeopardy because we put double, we put double jeopardy back in. So they were just hunting around looking for it and they would start at the 500, which is always the more difficult non-joke category. And then they would move backwards. And so like, um, in round two. We mm-hmm. did a category, bio where every answer is a form of Naruto. Naruto that Izanaki, is a very old Naruto qu- uh, Naruto category the fish cake.
0: <laughs> that we've been using for a it while. It is.
1: Yeah. And, and so they went with like... They started in 500 and they're like, Naruto whirlpools? What's that? And then they bounced around and then they came back and they're like, they just some of the categories that were set up to like teach them well, hopefully to the, the audience game. like they you know catches that
0: kind of edge. thing and it's just like wow um, these guys
1: <laughs> yeah the audience w- <laughs> was fantastic um, then we killed time for like an hour um, and went over to um, we just kind of chilled we debriefed on day one um, I'd be remiss not to mention this we played a game of Taboo, uh, Anime Taboo, with a, a great uh, group of people, Bryce and... Um, Bryce's significant other. Um, probably. You've probably met them because uh, they can they compete in uh, Anime Jeopardy 18 Plus a lot. But they they put on a game of Taboo, Anime Taboo, where you're given a name, you're given like a, a character, a concept, a show, and then a list of words you're not allowed to say. And then you can like talk about things. Um and mm-hmm. or you you like try to describe it and get points. And so nice. uh Annie bros took second. We got up there as a team and um we took second in it. And we so we did a debrief with them after Celebrity and talked nice. to them about it. Um, um, and then that evening at uh late in the night, we did Anime Jeopardy 18 plus um, which we're very fortunate to have sponsored by Faku. Um, we had some connections with Faku about five years ago. Uh, I knew someone who worked there. We got connected. They're somewhat Portland-based as a company. Um, Want to give a huge shout out to Ren, who oversees uh, convention relations and is an amazing uh, contact to have at Faku. He does such great work. Hooks us up with great con- with great prizes to give away. We give away a bunch of faku manga and a skateboard deck um 18 plus could have gone better uh we invited queen d back uh, for round one and while fantastic absolutely fantastic and entertaining um, round one took like half the time that we had uh and then the next two rounds we kind of had to rush and there's a new oregon convention center rule that at midnight you have to be out you just have to everybody has to be out and we didn't know this going into it and so we were from ten thirty to midnight so they don't there have was like no buffer plus to go over, really anymore like they don't have these all we'll night
0: work. kigurumi dance party things anymore they start oh, at like okay. 10
1: and then you got to get out they have them but they're that sucks time boxed pretty aggressively no yeah completely agree um but we did it. It was great. The audience was great. We had a lot of fun. We also recorded it. That one probably will not be shared. Um, hats off to uh, Josh, panel producer, for um, they didn't mess with round one. And I assumed, Never assume... because the when I so Wesley of um, you know Otufusi's may used to be the eighteen plus host um for the first two years and then i took over uh in year three and um you all decided that it'd be fun to uh mess with me and put joke categories in where i had to embarrass myself on stage and so you know one year i had to like uh, read breed apologist language for federation war crimes which still people still call me war criminal Wait, like, no way they shout the they
0: sh- come on they shout you're a war criminal from the audience do you ever think in your life that 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 will ever happen to you that's like some kind of yes. nightmare scenario <laughs> i mean
1: there was an over under on like that might happen that's pretty funny we certainly sped it's it like along mussolini hurt um,
0: right before the end and
1: <laughs> um and then the next year they swapped some stuff in and they had me read like <laughs> shitty reviews for my favorite movies um, and this year the game was super polished. Like I was like, okay, maybe they're like three years in a row. We're not going to do this because Kenny's going to be expecting it. And round one was as it was written. And then we get to round two and there's this new category <laughs> called, uh, my eyes yeah. are up here. Um, and I'm like, I'm introducing the categories and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I guess we're going to find out. And so Josh curated a whole panel of. You need to identify the show based on the violence that happens to these eyes. <laughs> and so it's like someone getting their eyes sliced, someone getting their eyes extracted, sure. someone getting like a spike through an eye. Oh, they missed. They oh, should Jesus. have done one hundred with Oscar, yeah. with uh, End of Evangelion. But uh,
0: so, wh- where was the joke though? Like, was there a joke that has that was at your expense and, during yeah. that one?
1: My reaction to it, it was just like, it was super violent graphic. The worst, the worst category came in the end. So in round one, we had a category, but I like girls, which is all about women loving women characters in anime and, and stuff. And then we have, I like boys, which is, you know, men loving men in anime stuff. And the original last round was I like animals, which is all about like cat girls and stuff like that. And they switched it to I like robots. And then they proceeded to pull up rule 34 content of all of my favorite robot characters. And at least <laughs> half of them had my face on them.
0: <laughs> Josh didn't share any of this with me. So I, I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time. I don't know. Um, of this, so this is great.
1: <laughs> it it was brutal. Like I had, of course I knew in my mind, I was like, they might do something but we were so pressed for time with celebrity jeopardy and so like we just i didn't jason's always complaining about how hard it is to change game file game files we literally rehearsed anime jeopardy 18 plus the like tuesday before um and i was like okay maybe i'm in the clear maybe they're like we're not gonna mess no with it is time. hard to we'll change the game files, and they're just about no, they committed got me it was to brutal the, to the bit <laughs> yeah they they got me um it was a lot of fun had a blast the the audience for 18 plus is a little bit more consistent than all ages like the 18 plus audience i do know a shocking number of them by name like i like bryce this individual who did taboo um and now granted we had talked to him a lot before and he competed in all ages um but like He raised his hand to identify something that the contestants couldn't. I was like, I'm like, okay, Bryce, you, and I'm like, you know, it's bad when we know your name, like you're in this like degenerate panel for the absolute most degenerate people. And we, we can call you out. Um, so it was good. We gave away a lot of free stuff, a lot of free Faku subscriptions. And, um, you know, we get such great support from Faku, and like, we are, um, we try to be as professional as possible because like they're trusting us with their brand. And that's like a very precarious thing, especially when you're in the adult entertainment industry. Like there's some really shitty people out there and uh, it's not something we take for granted that they're, that they're willing to be like, you can say that we support you. Um, And
0: you know, it sounds like it was a lot of fun and I'm very jealous because I, uh, it was on the group chat with y'all that you use to coordinate your physical locations during the convention. And I just had to mute it. I did. I I had to keep muting. I told it. you to I'm mute like, that. I want to <laughs> meet you guys for burgers. I want to go to the thing and the thing and then do the thing you're doing. Like, I guess I'll just sit here. <laughs> we did eat
1: the most like weeb of foods.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, got everybody burgers. Um, yeah. So like, and that was basically the end of CoryCon. We all came back Sunday um, to to wrap up and, do some final things say thank you um i did a long debrief with um kyo who's the panel director um really can't thank her enough for the support that she gives to our panels um had some great like old time conversations because she has been coming to komori as long as we have (laughs) and so we kind of like shot the breeze about old timers and and stuff like that um but yeah uh, sunday we didn't there there was another like uh Professor Friedman panel that I sat in on. There was a new one about um, children's books that I took a bunch of pages of notes on. Um, but other than that, it was just kind of like, yeah, wrap up, walk through the dealer's hall. I found the last uh, high grade GM model and I picked it up for 10 bucks. So I'm going to build that. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. I, you were uh, certainly missed because like Josh was working most of Friday and, you know. <laughs>
0: That's it. <laughs> there were some
1: good trivia things, but there's not a. It's no one to like. I gotta, I gotta like seek out people to have these super esoteric discussions about like, you know, the pantheon of trigger anime or the influences of Hideaki Anno on animators and stuff like that. I gotta like grab strangers and be like, "Listen here, you're gonna sit here and you're gonna like just yeah, smile and um, nod."
0: Well, that's how I felt when you abandoned me the first time around. <laughs> But now I it's know. getting repaid to you like karma. tenfold, because you're like, "I'll just be back. I'm only on, I'm on my school oh, yeah. thing," and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't worry, we'll eventually, we'll get you back. Because like it is, it's shifting. It keeps oh, yeah. shifting. A week like, almost have it at a week a time later Every time When year. I could like, uh, take some time off and go so. to
0: America, that would be great. But mm-hmm. well, we'll see about that. Um. I do enjoy that we found the probably the best loophole possible uh of the to circumvent the never become staff rule. We get to be involved uh, to a high degree yep. uh in Komori without having to be like responsible for Komori <laughs> So yep. that's that's great.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's uh and like I always feel bad because I'm unapologetic of my stance. Never become staff. It is not worth it. It is a thankless job. You're dealing with people that just are not going to be grateful for, for the hard work that goes into it. And at the same time, like, I, you know, you have to do that job knowing those things. And so sometimes I feel like I think most of the staff get it. KomoriCon's programming staff, A+, plus, the best they hustle, they get the equipment where it needs to be. They have amazing, you know, events. They make sure that the schedule is great. The relationships team, the relation, guest relations team did a great job getting great guests. I'm not big on voice actor, like, like America, like English voice actors, but they got like Christina V. Um, and some other great, uh, Robbie, what's his bucket? Like a lot of great names were at this con, um, and the content was killer like those departments crushed it uh logistics facilities and you get your stuff together um number one fan is now quartermaster i don't know what that means but he's gonna congrats. stand on the deck and, um, like, hopefully and you're flags. not gonna get too busy <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping it means he has just like this big staff and he just like bangs it on the ground like constantly that's what i want him to want it to do want him to do um but yeah um quarry is always going to be it's always going to feel like home and so uh it was quarry 2022 uh, i'll give it a b plus like the, the that line thing really hurt it but if you set that that's great. aside I mean, that's great to hear i'm glad they're
0: doing well uh because you know as we've all you know we do this report every year and some some years are really fun and some years have like just a desert of programming that just is like why am i even here like there's nothing to do Uh, so i really enjoy hearing that they're they're getting guests that are like engaging and well while i I don't like hearing that the lines are really out of hand i do like hearing that there are a lot of people who want to come and you know it shows a healthy like it really it's like a status for the health of the industry and for like the fandom in general that's it's really good um how much of that is like why uh, because of yeah covid post covid like uh like overcompensation compensation in the other direction M- might be a little bit mm-hmm. who knows but uh it's still
1: good yeah and i yeah um i think something that you would really enjoy returning to american conventions is the quality of unique things that you can get in the artist alley i bought a shirt from the artist alley normally i, I look for like one or two anime shirts um and I found a really cool one that I should be wearing right now, but I'm not because I didn't think it through. I'll send you a photo from this great place called um, Milk something. I'll get their website, but it's a cool, <laughs> like it says Gene yeah, yeah. on it. And this like um, three color font. It's really nice. cool. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but like just the stuff that independent artists are able to do is like leaps and bounds ahead of what, what it was when we started going it's like it's not hand-drawn fan art um pulled out of a yeah i remember like it cool.
0: in the last year like 2019 um, this yeah. is the last year i went in person obviously to the convention and i remember like for the for, from that point and a couple of years before that point i'm like you know the artist alley is like actually worth looking at <laughs> like it used to not be
1: yeah yeah. I've completely come around on an Artist Alley.
0: Guy, okay, I want to support local crafts. Um, and the change.
1: the deal mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and and the exhibitors like, they're doing a nece- they're facilitating a necessary exchange of goods, but it's so easy to get gunpla or to like go to a comic or a game store and get a lot of the stuff that they they're, sell they're an for old a much relic. more reasonable an price. Relic of the past. Um,
0: they don't have their monopoly like they thought. They yeah.
1: Did. Whereas the artist stuff, that's like yeah, 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 way more interesting and usually a lot cheaper uh, You're and like, unique.
0: I could buy this like prices. Uh, what's that Cospa version of this like nerve, nerve pass case that costs forty dollars? Or uh, an artist can like draw the nerve logo on a normal pass case, and it's like better and cheaper.
1: <laughs> yeah. What I will say is, I did. You could feel the tightening economy. Um, yeah, T-shirts are always like stupidly expensive, bucks. and you wash it three um, times and it starts to peel, and you're but... like, "God damn it!" Yeah, yeah. I had a long conversation with them <laughs> around the quality of their material, so I was like, I felt pretty good, and they were they were. Um, I think they had transitioned out of Artist Alley, and they were now more of like a um, established storefront because um, they were a little bit more professional. But um, yeah, overall, it was great. You were missed. It was fun hanging out with the rest of Manny Bros. Um, I'll see them again in a year. <laughs> well, uh,
0: I'll get to work printing my my Metal Gear Mark II that I can that I can send around with you, at Conventions nice. and as if I'm there. Oh, dude, <laughs>
1: we should do a telepresence robot.
0: What is that? Is it the Mark Three, Mark Two? Let's Mark do it. III?
1: I enjoyed our.
0: Oh my gosh. I think it's the Mark Three. Did, did I mess it up?
1: The little little blue one. Could yeah. you be a
0: fan in That's
1: Okay. <laughs> I could just carry you around. I should I should design we should design a um an odor rack oh, that that's cool. that has a webcam in it so that you can just like see like you I'll just be your surrogate and you can always be there and we'll just like give you a little speaker. <laughs> I like that. At least for like a few so hours on one of the days. That be like, that'd be, a, that'd be a cool. Head attached to my butt. <laughs> <pocket.
0: laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. we're doing that. Yeah, we have a year, so let's, <laughs> well, we got to make that happen. Get, get on it.
1: Yep. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do the other thing in this year. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I think it's. But yeah, I think it's great. Good con. That This happened, and um, I, you succeeded in making me feel jealous that it was going really well. You know, it's like a feeling that I, you know, I want to go there, but I'm I am genuinely happy that everything is like back to normal and everybody's having fun. So That's really good mm-hmm. i'm also glad to be able to participate um and as long as i have the i'm uh upholding yeah. the image that everyone's jealous of me i guess i can take solace in that fact
1: <laughs> a lot of people when they ask hey where, where's where's levin at i'm like oh i'm sorry he uh he lives in japan and spends his <laughs> weekends staring at gundam statues uh, <laughs> or going to like anime museums or like i don't know maid cafes or some shit i it's uh it's like i i stopped checking in because i just uh, i get too too <laughs> jealous a, so it's like the Let's equivalent of manga. i
0: died <laughs> like you're just like describing like a like a fate like a heaven you know like a it's a mythical place where you go you know he's not with us anymore <laughs> he's off where I, the gundams and the maid cafes are you know just like don't worry about him what? anymore <laughs>
1: What we should start working on is, um, have you ever seen um, Princess Kaguya? Uh, no. Studio Ghibli? Okay, so you'll have to go look it up, but at the ending, they do this like big Buddhist uh, ascension into the divine, where like this ethereal celestial band comes out of like the clouds and like descends to reclaim the princess. And that's how we should introduce any time you do a video Jeopardy. <laughs> we should have that, like, play, and it's just like, we'll Photoshop your face into it when they okay. come down. Yeah, and like then a little intro thing. Video. Uh, it's like all he right. he descended from the mountain and... I'm and, on board with and ...shared wisdom. And uh,
0: I think we should keep the tradition of the video going, only because I like doing it. And, um Yeah, I mean, we could... Agreed. We could... Well, that's it. <laughs> that's all I can think of. I mean, we could... We,
1: we'll figure it out we can't spoil it because it wouldn't show up
0: why it's spoiled exactly well this was great um that's moricon i guess uh it just feels just like i was there so thank you for painting that picture uh we will release the trigger audio as soon as it's all edited i have to go through it and kind of normalize some of the levels but uh I'll make that sound as professional as possible so that mm-hmm. way we get the final approval from Trigger themselves. Um It'd be cool if you could come to Japan and we could like do another interview with them or like arrange some kind of studio tour now that we kind of are in completely maybe, agree. A little bit.
1: yeah. Um we'll talk about it during that episode, but um their uh um, oh, yeah, their sound studio pretty awesome. sounds pretty awesome. I've, I
0: looked up and, and if you can do studio tours and they say on their website like, We don't offer studio tours, sorry but i'm sure that's for like the general public that's not for oh. press organizations as prestigious as the annual <laughs> it's not for
1: <laughs> yeah or their number one stalker with a <laughs> training order
0: yeah <laughs> so great uh well that'll do it for this episode uh thank you for listening uh as always you can go to our website at com. you can check out all of the people we mentioned during this episode at www.andiebrowscreative.com. You can find us on Twitter, at liveandvoth.
1: And you can find me, uh, Kenny, at sakoku underscore otaku.
0: Um, That's it. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review on iTunes if people still do that. I don't know what people do anymore. But listen to our our podcast. And um, that's it.
1: Yeah. Shoot. Share it with a friend. Um, let us know if you are at KomoriCon, Khan. If you saw our panel. Did you find this because you saw us at KomoriCon Khan and I badgered you online to listen to us? Uh, let us know. Let and I'll write it. Let me apology. know
0: how much you like revere the Emperor and have his photo up on the up on your mantelpiece. And by emperor I mean me, who's up in a high castle where no one can get to me, but I also cannot get to my subjects. So that's how I feel. <laughs> and uh, it'll be, make me feel a little bit better if I know that everyone's oh. out there, you know, worshiping me. So, there you go. Every day.
1: <laughs> Every day.